What is the difference between justice and vengeance? Answering this question is an essential task of every religion and civilization. But to distinguish justice from vengeance, we must first know what justice is. And philosophers in every culture have sought to understand the nature of justice. The Western tradition, beginning with Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, has identified several kinds of justice, including retributive, commutative, distributive, and restorative justice. But at their root, all of these ideas share one insight. Justice requires that we give to each person that which he is due, including both reward and punishment. And this philosophical concept is entirely in harmony with the revealed truth of the gospel. Acting justly can mean either doing the right thing first or redressing an injustice already done. But vengeance is neither doing the right thing nor redressing an injustice. Instead, revenge is itself a form of injustice, which seeks retribution meant not just to correct some injury, but to inflict pain on someone who has injured others. The search for justice often begins after a crime has been committed or some harm has been done. And then it is not uncommon for wrath and contempt to be unleashed in our hearts. And if the injustice has brought suffering to us personally or to someone we love, then we may want the one responsible to join us in suffering or even worse. But that approach to seeking justice too easily leads to a thirst for vengeance, which in turn can create an endless loop of misery. To protect society from downward spirals of hatred leading to revenge, many ancient cultures sought ways to keep injustices from multiplying. And that often led to some form of the law of retaliation, or lex talionis, which can be expressed by the aphorism, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. By insisting on a proportional response to injustice, the Lex Talioni sought to ensure that the search for justice would not become revenge. So, if someone kills your cow, don't burn down his house, make him pay for the cow. Seek justice, not revenge. The first written reference to this principle was in the Babylonian Code of Hammurabi, the oldest surviving record of human law which was composed over 1,700 years before the birth of the Lord Jesus. The idea of limiting our response to injustice by making it proportionate to the offense found its way into the laws of nearly every society, including Roman law and the law of Moses. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus summarized this idea before calling his disciples to rise above it and replace even the law of proportional retaliation with the law of love. And so Christ teaches, 
You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. Is the Lord Jesus then asking us to renounce not only revenge, but also the search for justice as well? Let's read on to see. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. To understand what the Lord is teaching us, recall that last week we read from the same Sermon on the Mount. We were told that we would not enter the kingdom of heaven unless our righteousness surpassed that of the scribes and Pharisees. And the examples given by Christ were about hatred and lust. It is not enough, Jesus insisted, that we not murder someone we hate. We must not even surrender to the hatred. And it is not sufficient that we not have sex outside of marriage. We must not even surrender to lust. In the same way, the Lord Jesus teaches us that not only must we not exact revenge from someone who harms us, but also we must not surrender to the desire for vengeance. And so the Savior asks, For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But here we must understand that the Lord Jesus does not ask us to approve of injustice any more than he asked us last week to mutilate our bodies in the struggle against sin when he said, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. In all of these cases, Christ's meaning is found only in understanding his words at their proper depth. And here is the essential point. We have no hope of being as perfect as our Heavenly Father until and unless we have been made a new creation by grace through faith. As St. Paul says to the Corinthians, you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you and the temple is holy. Our union with Christ Jesus is what makes us a new creation. And if we live in fidelity to the gospel and cooperate with his grace by striving to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and our neighbors as ourselves, then we find that the very things we want are changed by God's love. When we think with Christ's mind, love with Christ's heart, and choose with Christ's will, then as St. Paul has it, it is now not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But to reach that moment of grace, we must first accept crucifixion with the Lord, and only then will we find that the power of the cross can and does free us from lust and hatred and the desire for revenge. If you abide in my word, says the Lord, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In the gospel three weeks ago, St. Matthew made clear as he introduced the Sermon on the Mount 
that in the new covenant, the Lord Jesus takes the place of Moses. And as ever, the new covenant is concealed in the old, and the old covenant is revealed in the new. And so, in complete harmony with the gospel, we read today from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And how are we to express this holiness? You shall not bear hatred for your brother or sister in your heart. Though you may have to reprove your fellow citizen, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against any of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Notice that this instruction acknowledges that we must identify and correct injustice. You may have to reprove your fellow citizens, says the Lord. We must always call injustice by its proper name and seek to restore justice in the proper way by identifying and redressing those things that are contrary to human dignity and to the eternal moral law. But this point is often misunderstood even by Christians. Judge not lest you be judged does not mean that we cannot or should not call out wickedness wherever we find it. On the contrary, we must always call injustice by its proper name and reprove our fellow citizens who harm others. But in doing this, we must not incur sin ourselves because of the injustice done by others. And that is why the search for justice can never become the thirst for revenge. Take no vengeance and cherish no grudge. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because, the Creator says, I am the Lord. But even if, by grace through faith, we find the strength to live this way, to be holy as the Lord God is holy, then what exactly would that look like? the psalmist tells us. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. In other words, we must not only renounce revenge and seek only justice, we must also temper our search for justice with mercy and love, even for those who injure, hate, and persecute us. And so it must ever be for us who, with generosity of spirit and compassion for the frailty of others, are called to live by grace through faith in the divine Redeemer of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ.